today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. We who are alive and remain will be caught up, raptured up, harpazo in the Greek, to meet the Lord in the air. We? Paul, (laughs) I think you're talking about me, not we, because that was then, this is now. No, we who were alive and remain. Paul thought the Lord's return was in his lifetime, and he lived his life like that. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. We often do ourselves a disservice by acting like something isn't important or by not acting with urgency when we should. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that we, who are alive today, 2,000 years after Paul, need to be living with the same urgency as him. Jesus could return at any time, and we don't want to be found wasting our time. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Today we are in Hebrews and Lord willing, we'll finish chapter 10, beginning in verse 26, the writer of Hebrews by the Holy Spirit. I just have to warn you, it's going to be a little bit intense here for a minute. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume, notice, the enemies of God. Anyone, verse 28, who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace. For we know Him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge His people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. How are you doing so far? Told you. All right, thank God for verse 32. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in great conflict, full of suffering? Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. 
You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. 4 verse 37, in just a little while, can't wait, (laughs) He who is coming will come and will not delay, and but by righteousness one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back, but, verse 39, we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Should we just close in prayer? (laughs) I want to talk with you about how God is using everything that is happening in the world today to produce in us the much needed perseverance to endure to the end. That's what the text that is before us today is about. The writer of Hebrews is encouraging these Hebrew Christians to persevere in the face of unspeakable difficulty. Keep in mind, in that day, at that time, if you, as we have just sung together, decided to follow Jesus, though none go with you, still you will follow the world behind you, the cross before you, I have decided to follow Jesus. You lost everything. It cost you everything. Your family disowned you. Your employer terminated you. And you were persecuted. The difficulty was unspeakable, as we're going to see here in a moment. And if this weren't bad enough, Their brethren, those who had not decided to follow Jesus, but instead rejected Jesus, for whom there is no sacrifice, as we'll see next. They were pressuring these Hebrew Christians to go back to Judaism. The temple had not yet been destroyed. This is prior to the year 70 AD, when the prophecy that Jesus himself had spoken in the Gospels, particularly in Matthew's Gospel. There they are on the Mount of Olives, and the disciples are asking Jesus, telling Jesus, showing Jesus the temple, as if Jesus didn't know the temple was there. And they say, look at at the temple, and Jesus says, well, yeah, let's look at the temple. Get a good look at the temple, because there's coming a day, very soon by the way, where not one stone on that temple will be upon another. And sure enough, in 70 AD, that prophecy was fulfilled precisely as Jesus said it would. See, they had gold in between those stones there in the temple. 
And when the Romans had destroyed Jerusalem and destroyed the temple, they wanted the gold in between the stones. So what are they going to do? Well, they got to remove the stones to get all the gold. So exactly as Jesus said, not one stone will be upon another. Well, that hadn't happened yet. So as you might imagine, these Hebrew Christians are really struggling. The pressure was intense. The persecution, immense. And there were those who had not accepted Jesus Christ. And they were pressuring them. They were persecuting them. And the writer of Hebrews, true to form, is going to hit this head on. And first and foremost, he's going to address those who had rejected Jesus. And it is very intense. He explicitly, by the Spirit of God, in no uncertain terms, says that those who deliberately reject the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. See, they were still doing the temple sacrifices. And in so doing, they were rejecting Jesus Christ as the only sacrifice. And by rejecting Jesus Christ as the only sacrifice, they are left with no sacrifice. That's what he's saying. It's important to understand that God has given us all free will. He does not force His will on us. If you think about it, if He did that, then that would not be love. That would be fear. Ah, Think about it like this. I often think about this. Why did God, when Lucifer in heaven declared in his pride that he would ascend his throne above the Most High, if I was God, I would have just said, oh really? Zap! And he's gone. That's it. That's it. Anybody else want to ascend their throne above the Most High? I would have put an end to it right there, which is why I'm not God. And thank God I'm not God. Thank God you're not God either, so don't look all spiritual. So why did God let it play out? Why did God cast out Lucifer and a third of the angels in heaven? Because they made their choice. They rejected the Most High God, their choice. So Lucifer is cast down to earth. Now God creates Adam and Eve, creates the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that in them is. And he tells Adam, commands Adam to subdue, meaning that... (laughs) There's somebody that needs to be subdued, the devil, who has been cast down to earth. And so he creates the Garden of Eden. Can't even imagine. No mind could ever comprehend the magnificence and the splendor and the perfection and the beauty of the Garden of Eden. And he says to them, all of these trees you can eat from. But this one tree thou shalt not eat from. (laughs) It's like this. It's like 
Don't look in that hole through that window. Why? <laughs> Don't eat from that tree. Why not? And that's exactly what Lucifer did. Of all the trees in the garden, you can eat, eat freely. But of this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. In the day that thou hast eatest from it, thou shalt surely die. They were given a choice. Now think about it. If God had taken my advice, <laughs> which we talked about on Thursday night, by the way, in Isaiah 40, who has counseled the Lord? Who has advised the Lord? <laughs> Okay, I've, I've tried a few times. <laughs> you know, God, here, just have you considered this? Oh no, I haven't, J.D. That's amazing. I'm so glad you brought that up. So if God had taken my advice and just zapped Lucifer right on the spot, you know what would have happened? The whole heavenly host would have said, did you see what God did? We better be very careful. And now all of a sudden they're worshiping Him out of fear, not love, not by choice. And the same thing is true with the garden. Can you imagine if God had created the Garden of Eden and said, all the trees you can eat of, all of them? Yeah. Do they have drive through Fine, whatever. No tree to not eat from. There's, there's no choice. I'm walking in victory in that garden. I'm never disobeying God, because there's nothing to disobey God with. I am walking in victory. I am walking in obedience. Until He told me about that tree. We have a problem now. And we have a devil now in the form of a serpent, who comes up to Eve, interesting, and suggests <laughs> that maybe God is holding out on him. Now, God doesn't want you to eat from that tree, because He knows that if you eat from it, you're going to be like Him. Your eyes will be opened. He's holding out on you. And those three words are three words that are repackaged today a thousand times a day. Hath God said, question mark, doubt, hmm. So now I have a choice. What am I going to do? And God's not in heaven. Never imagine God in heaven saying, pick behind door number one, not door number two. Don't do it. Don't do it. No, He's given us free will, because God wants us to choose Him and worship Him, because we love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, I, I think about my wife. We've been married for 33 years this year, and I can't imagine well, actually, I can't imagine. What if there were no other choices, and she had to marry me? 
what kind of a relationship would that be? I know that's a very crazy illustration, but it's <laughs> the best I got. If you got a better one, let me know. I'd be happy to talk to you about it. No, think about that. She chose me. Of course, I chose her. But you get the point. It was a choice out of love. And that's what God wants, is He wants us to choose Him and worship Him because we love Him. Now what about those who reject Him? After all He's done, God became a man, and He went to that cross, and He died for us because of His love for us. He became the sacrifice for our sins. And then we don't choose Him? Then the writer of Hebrews would ask, uh, well then, you don't have any sacrifice because He's the only sacrifice. And you've rejected Him. And not only have you rejected Him, you've blasphemed and insulted the Spirit of grace. And that's not all. If that weren't bad enough, you've trampled underfoot the Son of God, and it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of God. Now why is the writer of Hebrews saying this before he says what he's going to say next? Because he's drawing this stark contrast between those rejecting Jesus and the Hebrew Christians who not only were accepting Jesus, but as such were expecting Jesus. That's not a play on words. Stay with me on this. I want to draw your attention to something that the writer is referring to. He's kind of going into the past tense here, and he's really commending them for their endurance in the past. And we we have an interesting detail in the text, really a list of the things that they had past tense endured. Great conflict, suffering, insult, persecution, humiliation, you got me a great conflict. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, But all of that, oh, and then there's more. Because they also, it appears, joyfully endured. Hang on to that one. Joyfully endured the great loss of having their property confiscated along with those who were in prison. Whoa, wait, wait a second. I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. When I decided to follow Jesus, I was told, oh, happy day, all my problems go away. I've never known problems until I came to Christ. The forces of hell, the demons from hell were against me. So let's talk about this for a moment. (laughs) I could probably have a little bit of an easier time getting to endured the great loss of having their houses and property confiscated. But they did it joyfully? Okay, wait a minute. 
I don't know if I would endure it joyfully. I mean, it's going to be a stretch for me just to endure it. That's my property. I have rights, you know. Well, that's what was happening to them. Why? Because they had accepted Jesus, not rejected Jesus. They had accepted His sacrifice for their sins. Now, the writer goes on to encourage them, saying, now, this is really important. Please don't miss this. The enemy does not want you to hear this, because this is what the writer of Hebrews is telling them then, and this is what the Spirit is saying to us now as the church. If you endured all that, then you can endure anything by faith. Just a little bit longer. How much longer? Oh, until the one who's coming comes, and he will not delay. This was almost 2,000 years ago. And (laughs) the one thing, and we talk about this in the context of Bible prophecy, and I love this about these men that God used to write, inspired by the Holy Spirit, particularly the Apostle Paul, they all lived with the anticipation, even expectation, that Jesus could come at any time. How about when Paul writes to the Thessalonians? He says, we who are alive and remain will be caught up, raptured up, harpazo in the Greek, to meet the Lord in the air. We? Paul, (laughs) I think you're talking about me, not we, because that was then, this is now. No, we who were alive and remain. Paul thought the Lord's return was in his lifetime, and he lived his life like that, with that expectation that the Lord could come at any time. We who were alive and remain. And then he says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. He's trying to encourage them. Why? Because they're very discouraged. I know that's deeply profound. Why do you read in the Scriptures, do not be afraid, unless it's to someone who is afraid? Why do you read in the Scriptures, don't be discouraged, unless you're discouraged? Be encouraged. And it's not just this empty thing of, oh, just be encouraged. Okay, I'll start tomorrow. Thank you very much. That makes it all better. Don't be afraid. Ah, what was I thinking? I'm just thinking of that song. You're going to hate me for this. I hate me for this. Don't worry, be happy. Ah, see? I hate that song. Because it's wrong. The song is wrong. Because the song just says, don't worry, be happy. Oh, thank you so much. Wait, what? You're telling me what to do or what not to do, but you're not telling me why. Why should I not worry? Why should I be encouraged? 
Why should I be happy? I'm so sorry, by the way. I'm looking at some of you thinking, thank you so much, Pastor. I cannot get that song out of my mind. It took me years to stop thinking about that song. It's really catchy, isn't it? Okay, that's enough of that. Don't worry. Be encouraged. And here's why. Jesus is coming. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D., The book of Hebrews is rather enlightening as it traces all the history and traditions of the Old Testament, but ties them into the significance of Jesus and the New Testament. Essentially, Jesus is the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament covenants and symbols. Jesus is the high priest. Jesus became the sacrificial lamb. It would be fascinating to have been a Jew during Jesus' time and to then later realize that Jesus was and is everything he said he would be. To fully understand the newer things, it's important to go back and appreciate the older ways, how it was done prior to Jesus coming to earth. The book of Hebrews is a wealth of knowledge and a resource for this exact thing. If you're just getting into this study and want to listen to other teachings from Hebrews, we invite you to go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. You can find more messages there. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join us on Sundays or Thursdays at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word, looking for nuggets of wisdom and insights that God wants to teach you right in the book of Hebrews. As we look forward to next time, we trust that you've been encouraged by what you've heard today. Come back again for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.